0: Hey, security peeps, we are live with another edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity, and today is Monday, so we're here with Dr. Dan. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, helping leaders hire awesome cybersecurity talent. And I am here, like I said, with Dr. Dan. Say hi to everybody, Dan.
1: Hi, welcome back. Uh, It's great to be here on Monday. Um, You know, this has been going on now, what, uh, six months, seven months?
0: Like seven months.
1: Seven months. Unbelievable. It is. Yeah. Yeah. When you're having fun.
0: I know. I know. (laughs) Seeing you every week is always a blast. Thank you. So today, Dan, I know we've been talking about some of the things your clients have been dealing with. Um, For those of us who have not been here, Dr. Dan has a wealth of knowledge on all different types of topics, um, including, you know, obviously performance, um, you know, bereavement for people who are dealing with challenges um, around all types of different things in the workplace and in your personal lives. And so today, our topic is going to be, what is the impact of negative self-talk on performance? So Dan, take it away.
1: uh, One would wonder why negative self-talk is so powerful and so contaminating uh, and why people tend to believe it. it is because, first of all, it's in your own voice. So you got to believe when you hear yourself talking to yourself. But the question is, we've been focusing on things that cause performance to go south, Uh, whether it's in um, seeking out a job, trying to persuade and influence people, trying to get manage a team of people. Uh, All of these things are uh, things that the success of them depends on um, how well things are presented and how people focus on on the different stuff that's going on around them and how they help other people understand a lot of what everybody on this call sometimes, I think, takes for granted. You see, I've said this over and over again. All of the people on this call know way more than they know that they know. And we talked about... Um, unconscious competence last week where people are really, really good at what they do, but they don't know it because they do it automatically, which poses challenges to people who, uh, who they're responsible to, to uh, mentor or manage. And so let's take a look at some of the self-talk issues. First thing is, is that uh, this tape, that plays in people's heads. Frequently, people describe it as a continual loop. It goes on and 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 on. And And people don't know how to stop it. They say, if I could only stop this. So what they say to themselves is, I'm not going to think about this. Well, your subconscious mind never hears a negative command. So when you say, I'm not going to do something, your subconscious mind hears do it. Ask anybody who's teed a golf ball up over a water hole and said, "I don't want to hit the ball in the water." <laughs> Where's it going? It's going in the water. So, but the point is, is that what I help people do is to notice the way they talk to themselves. Uh, and I'm a business and sports psychologist, and I find that there's very little difference between business and sports, except that sports tends to happen faster than business. But the same situations go on. How do you control your mind game? And one of the top things in controlling your mind game is identifying how you talk to yourself. So it's like, when do you... And, and I, would, I, I advise clients to listen very carefully to what they hear themselves saying to themselves and then don't change anything until we meet and talk about it because it depends on how you put this together. How well it is. So I might say to Renee, uh, what is Renee here, Renee saying to Renee when Renee overhears Renee talking to Renee? And and so it's what does that conversation
0: sound like? Dan, that always made me laugh when you said that. <laughs> so Dan, I want to pause for a second here. Um, shout some people out real quick, some folks. Hello, Dr. Joy. Ann is here. Hi, Bryant. Bryant says hi to both of us. Oh, that's me. (laughs) Gupta Swar says hi. Good morning. And I know Danielle is here, but it didn't show up in our comments on this side, which is interesting. So Danielle, I know you are here. So good morning. Hey, Sapir. Good morning. So all our people, Dan, we got a little, we got a little crew here this morning Okay. and I think it's a good, I think it's a good, it's good to have all these people because You know, you talk, you've been talking about negative self-talk, you know, I've learned you, I've heard you talk about this for years and how important it is. And when you specifically talk about it from a, you know, for the people who don't typically, I don't know if there's, there's folks that may not be here all the time when you said you're a sports um, psychologist and, or you work on sports performance and business performance, and you realize that the two of them are very similar So if you could kind of explain that piece um, and also say um, and also explain, like give an example of the negative self-talk. So potentially a negative self-talk situation in a work environment and then in a sports environment.
1: Okay. One of the things that happens is, is that, hi, Danielle. Good morning. Hi, Danielle. Um, You know, basically A good example is, first of all, if anybody here doesn't hear self-talk or hear themselves saying to themselves, I'll give you a perfect example. I was in Geneva working with a guy who ran Ireland for Hewlett Packard. And he said to me, uh, he said to me, you know, uh, somebody said that you work with golfers. And I said, I do. He said, well, I'm a three handicap golfer and I'm in a club tournament with two other guys. And he said, I'm really afraid that I'm going to be embarrassed because these guys are both scratch golfers. They're really, really good golfers. And uh, he said, so I keep hearing his conversation about how you're going to be embarrassed and, and you know people are going to not think you're as good as you are, but whatever it was. So I said to him, and I was getting ready to head back to New York and I was going to be working with him for the next six weeks. So I said to him, between now and the next time we speak, which will be next week, I said, listen to the way you talk to yourself about this event. He said to me, oh, come on. He said, That's, I, I just want some help with my golf game, my swing, my all of that. you know." And I didn't say anything else. I left and I got home and I called him the following week. And he said to me, you're not going to believe what happened. I said, what happened? He said, I was on my way to a multi-million dollar business negotiation strategy for Hewlett Packard. And he said, on my way, I heard the same conversation that I heard about these guys. I'm going into a high-pressure negotiating team. These guys have a lot more experience than I do. They, They do this over and over again. They're holding all the cards. And he said, that's when I realized how similar this was to my performance and how it demoralized me. And he said, so all the way driving, I've got this going on. And I said, well, how did you enjoy the conversation that you were having with yourself? He said, it was terrible. He said, not only that, I'd wake up in the middle of the night. with." So I said to him, what if I could show you a way to shut it off? So I asked anybody that's on the call to just listen to the way you talk to yourself and try this right now. Just push your tongue up onto the roof of your mouth. When your tongue is on the roof of your mouth, you can't think of anything. <laughs> Why that works, I have no idea, but I know it works. because my athletes use it. Uh, I'll give you another example. Uh, I work with hockey goaltenders. And I said to this goalie, what's it like when you perform at your best? He said, well, when I perform at my best, he says, I don't hear any crowds. The puck is the size of a dinner plate and the game moves very slowly. Anytime one of those things change, I know I'm losing my concentration. I said, okay. I said, then what do you do? He said, well, I hope that it'll come back. He said, Clue, uh, hope is not a strategy. Don't, you can't hope. You have to do something to make it come back. And so I have a variety of strategies that I showed him to completely shut his mind down. Because I worked with a guy with the Mets some years ago. And he said to me, concentration is thinking about absolutely nothing at just the right time. And so for people who work on a competence level that the people do on this call, people working in cybersecurity where you're constantly under attack, you're always looking for somebody. And as I'll use my Niagara Falls, every, I talk about Niagara Falls every, every time I on a call. As I work with the cybersecurity people I work with and I hear them talking about their day-to-day it seems like they're sitting under Niagara Falls and the water never, never stops. Now, the, the question I have is, is you guys all realize that? How much do the people who you work for realize that? How much of the people running a company know about that stuff? And do they really recognize the risk? And that's why what I, when I talk about what I do, I tell people fundamentally, I sell mistakes. I help people avoid really, really costly error as do you. The question is, how do you convince people that it's they have to call you before something happens, not after? Now, I'm not gonna use the example we've used sometimes before, but uh, unless Renee asks me. Fan, you want me to use which
0: one? Oh, the fan. Yes, tell them about the fan. That's a, that's always a good one. People
1: say to me, when should I call you? And I say, that's easy. And you never forget it. You imagine a big fan packed with wet manure and a guy with a plug by an outlet. You want to call me before he puts the plug in. But unfortunately, people are always putting the plug in on your companies. They're always trying to do that. And so the fact is, is that, not only do you have to stay on the top of your game and know when you're being distracted, because we talked about distractions last week, uh, how important is it? It's, But you're going to be surprised to notice that even after this conversation today, without some hypnotic strategy or whatever, you're going to find yourself paying more attention to what you say to yourself and deciding, do I like what I'm hearing myself saying or not? Uh, do I want to turn it off or do I want to keep it going? But the fact is, when you have a tool to shut the self talk down, you're in control. You, really and Dan,
0: you would always also talk about um, when the negative self talk comes in, you talk about changing the channel, like being in a, you know, if you continue, if it's continuous, it's almost like you're taking a road trip on a radio station that you just don't like. Right. And you talk about changing the channel. Um, in your mind?
1: Yeah, well, I, I don't know where all you folks are, but you know, Renee and I have been from New York, and so if anybody's familiar with Montauk Point, Montauk's about 130 miles out on Long Island, and I say to people, if you valet park your car in the city and a valet bring you car back, and he's got the worst music on that you want uh, that you've ever heard, what do you do? They say, oh, I changed the channel. Well, the other thing is you need another channel. You need another channel to change it to. So that requires you to do something that's very difficult for some people. Uh, it's to compliment yourself, to talk about the stuff you've really done well. That's why I say to people, does anybody know why God made your arm so long? So you can pat yourself on the back from time to time. But the thing is, is that, it becomes really important for people to be able to do this.
0: Uh, Lincoln, go ahead. Lincoln says, "Thanks, Dr. Dan. This is important—an important topic for folks in the infosec world, particularly for individuals new to the field. This all ties into imposter syndrome, which affects so many individuals." Tell me about the imposter syndrome. Well, so many people feel because cybersecurity, to your point, is like a waterfall; it's happening so fast that they feel like they don't have it all together. So, you know, they feel like an imposter. Like they don't, they can't keep up. They can't, you know, like they're, they're not as good oh, okay. as they really are um, because things change so, so quickly.
1: But I think that's the nature of the game. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and the other thing that the people should have confidence in is that everything that you know, everything that you know, uh, that you do every day, that you do well every day, is already in your subconscious mind. Yeah. Sort of there. Because you couldn't make decisions as quickly as you do if you had to think about and analyze it. No. You bang it, and you're finally, particularly on the level of the people that we work with, they're, they're really up there. So it's like, how do you do that? Uh, yeah. And, and it's important. You know, I I talk to people about, coming into a job, a new workplace, with a toolbox. You open a toolbox up, and there are tools in the toolbox that you've had there so long that work so well for you, and you forget that they're there, and you don't know that they're there. Yeah. But the ability to talk about and compliment yourself when things go well, I'm not talking about bragging, but but just... You know, mo- most people most people find when they listen to their negative self talk, a lot of it's BS. They who who are they talking about? They're not talking about me,
0: right? That's the thing. You you forget all the things that you've done. Right. So, um, Joy says, "Great topic." Thanks for this. Sure, you're welcome, Joy. And Danielle says, "Before the shit hits the fan." Yep, that's what you. Danielle, am glad you said that and not me?
1: <laughs> I'm say that on his show. <laughs> We're all grown ups here, Dan. <laughs> yeah, but you know, the, the, the interesting thing is when you think about it, it's the last thing that anybody wants to have happen. You know, I, I told this story before. I did a program for an accounting firm. I, I have some strategy talks that I do on on helping people get a competitive edge very, very quickly. And I did this for an accounting firm, and uh, there were about 40 partners. And they said, we'd like to get this idea out to our newer people. And so they hired me to do this program. And so they said to me, our senior partner, however, is a curmudgeon. And he's going to sit next to you and break your chops through the whole presentation, which he did. So at the very end, he says to me, OK, so we're paying you for today. What are you going to do to help us grow our business? I said, I will tell you, but I guarantee you, you will never do it. He said, what do you mean we won't do it? So I said, when I got off the elevator, I said, there were beautiful the name of your firm is a beautifully wood carved name over the reception desk. I said, get an orange prison jumpsuit and hang it right off the letters with a big sign that says, We are never gonna let you put this on. He said, You're crazy. I said, Yeah, but what better message? And so the fact is, this is what, you know, this is when somebody says to you, and you're trying to, to persuade and influence somebody. And, and I come back to the fact that, that every one of these situations is different. There's nobody on this call that's dealing with the same situation, with the same people. And that's why, that's why people call me and work through 15, 20 minutes. What are going to say to somebody? But the point is, is that it becomes very interesting that you really have to understand that people don't know what the hell you guys do they don't know and they don't know what the risks are i don't i think they way 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 undervalue you because they're not aware of it and there's a whole lot of resistance to for somebody who really doesn't understand it and and for you to for, as you try to explain it to them maybe they're embarrassed because they don't understand so it's giving up giving the freedom to somebody you know you hand the ball to a fullback you, you, you let him run his route you know, you don't try to run a draft for him. But, you know, when you talk about self-talk and distractions, I mean, anybody who follows football, Chad Pennington was my client since 2005. And I used to say to Chad, you know, what, what do you want to have happen? And he said, well, I want to increase my concentration. I said, what gets in the way of your concentration? He said, I get distracted. He says, what distracts you? I said, well... He said, what distracts me is the way I talk to myself. So what we would do and somebody said, "So, how do you deal with this? The same way we did with the guy in Ireland. We got the NFL schedule. We looked down, we looked at each team. And I would say to him, what do you hear yourself saying to yourself when I mention this team? And you could do the same thing with the people you're dealing with and the challenges you're dealing with. Uh, And so it's... uh, But, you know, I I have a client who owns a bank, and he's also a CPA. He's got a very successful CPA practice. And uh, I said to him, but he held the Springboard Diving Championship in New York City for four years in college. So I said to him, what's the difference between springboard diving and business? He said, nothing. It's exactly the same. I said, how so? He says, my dives are always the same but the water is always different. He said, never been in a business situation. It was exactly like anything else. Today, people are looking for pre-canned training programs. I'm working with a company now, and I said to them, what do you need to have happen? Well, we need to increase profitability. We need to increase the, the performance of our team. How are you going to do that? Well, we're gonna we're gonna train them. Or no, you don't train people. You find out what they need, and you give them the tools. You, you look in their toolbox and you say, "What's in your toolbox that works for you?" You take it out and put in add in the tools you need, and let them know how to use them. So it's it's uh, it it's part of the challenge of getting your message across. I mean, if you if everybody on this list uh, on this call made a list of the top mistakes that their clients made before they became their client, whether it's a company or a division in a company or something, what mistakes did they make before you became involved and what did those mistakes cost them in money, emotion, or reputation? What I tell people to do is don't sell your skills. Don't sell your cybersecurity aspect. Sell the mistakes. Here are the things I'm not going to let you do.
0: Dan, I think that's so powerful. When you say, here are the things that I'm not going to let you do. I think that when you bring that to an employer, when you bring that to a client, that's so um, so much more impactful. Yeah, I mean,
1: everybody on his call has a way. reputation. And so in some level, in some situation, you can say, look. I'm going to give you a list. If you decide to do these things, do me a favor. Please hire somebody else. My reputation can't afford to be in a situation (laughs) where I'm going to tell you how to do this stuff. And then you're not going to do it.
0: Especially when uh, it comes to security leaders. Because, I mean, you've worked with a a number of CISOs and their reputation truly, if there's a breach or something going on going on and happening, like you're completely, your reputation is sure. crushed and you, sure. you, you know, you have to look for, you can't, it's so, it's just so difficult to move into something else. This is why you see people turn over sometimes so quickly because they're like, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be tied to this.
1: That's why when I work with people who are looking to transition within this uh, transition within this uh, field, Okay. I say to people, you know, when you go to an interview, who's doing the interview? Are you doing the interview or is the interviewer interviewing you? Mm-hmm. Now, Renee and I know from the things we've projects we worked on in the past, there were interviewers interviewing people that have no knowledge of what the guy who really needs you needs. They don't know. So the point is, is what do you do? So, how do you put an interview together where you're saying to somebody? Let me find out if it's worth my reputation to work for your company. You're not going to say it that way, but that's the reality.
0: No, that's, that's exactly what it is when you're interviewing. And I think people, the, the reason why I love what you do so much is because I don't think people fully understand that that is what they should be doing. I know this is Anita that says, wow, great point. Um, and Chris Ware, morning, Chris, good to see you, Christopher Ware. Uh, but for people who, wh- you know, when you say selling mistakes, when you say it, but when you turn it that way and you position it in this way and you kind of explain it in this way, I think people get more of a full understanding, like, Hey, I don't want my reputation tied up in this. If something goes down, especially at that more senior level at the lower levels, you know, you're not going to be, at, you're not going to be, you know, um, you won't be impacted as much, but at that senior level, if your name is on the line or you are known as the person that this happened under your watch, then you know it's just not a good thing. That's right,
1: and it, and it becomes that 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 adds importance to what their strategy is going forward. How do they plan for the next? You know, everybody I'm working with right now is in 2026, working backwards. I just moved the year up last week. I used to used to be twenty twenty five, but the point is, let's say you're interviewing a company, you're interviewing with a company, and you say to them, "Look, I give you a magic wand, you wave it, and it takes you into twenty twenty six. Tell me what twenty twenty six looks like to you." Oh my God, this is this, is, and this is not goal setting. See, this is where this becomes very, very much like sports. Your subconscious mind must act out every thought, image, or idea you put into it when you realize what you want to have happen in the future, and we can get that into your subconscious mind. I use hypnosis to make that happen. So you, you get it into your unconscious mind. You, your subconscious mind will take out, take you out to that point in time. Danielle says, how do you sell mistakes on a resume? You, you, it, it, I'd have to see the resume. And you'd have to tell me who you're presenting it to. And and most people don't understand. It. See, here is where this mistakes marketing concept plays in very, very well. Everybody today is taught when you go out into the world to have a 30-second elevator pitch. I'm going to talk to you 30 seconds and tell you what I do. Well, nobody's gonna, nobody here can tell anybody what they do in cybersecurity in 30 seconds. But the reality is you only have six seconds to get your message across. You have six seconds to stop the narrative and get somebody to come back and say, What are you talking about? So, if you have your mistakes list backed up and you say, Listen, you know, uh, I'm a cyber security, I sell mistakes. First question somebody's going to say, Why would anybody want to buy a mistake? Well, what does that even mean? They're going to ask. Well, right. Well, so the point is, is that. Uh, Branding, even at personal level, is everything. It starts early take my word for it. Yeah, okay. Uh, So, But the point is, so I I sell mistakes. I've said that to people and no one has ever walked away from me. No one has ever said, okay, I understand. And all I need them to say is, I don't know what that means. Yeah. And I'll give you a perfect example. I did a program, client attraction business development program, for a whole bunch of people using golf as a metaphor. Golf is the attraction. And one of the sponsors of this program is a friend of mine who's a, uh, um, he's a project manager for huge construction projects. He's also an expert witness in the construction field. And he said to me, I, was, I got a contract to redo a restaurant, a very famous restaurant in the city. And he said, I was waiting to hear back from the owner. And the owner said to me, uh, Alan, as soon as I re- sign this contract, I'll get back to you. Alan says, don't sign anything. He said, well, his contract was made up by my attorney. He said, yeah, but I have to read it. Don't, I don't want to deal with this if I don't read the contract. He read 200 pages of this lease, a contract, whatever it was. And he said, I want you to add one word into the lease. It's the word latent. Adding the word latent into the contract saved his client $150,000. One word you guys must have that in multiples with what you do so it's how do you sell it
0: exactly
1: but again and you know it's, it's being in conversation with people and it, it is a lot easier to close somebody in 2026 than it is in
0: 2020. I think that's so powerful. The 2026, and you know, like you said last week we were in, we were all all of your clients, oh. me included, were in 2025. Now we're in 2026. Um and hearing, knowing that you're you're operating, you're literally sitting in 2026 right now, looking backwards, saying, hmm, what you know, what I messed this up in 2020. You know, like what did I do in 2020 or 2021? to mess up my situation um, or, you know, you're, you're literally looking backwards. Like you're looking behind yourself in the rearview mirror and it's just unbelievably powerful. Um, I'm gonna make two comments right here, Dan, real quick. And then we will jump into whatever you want to say. So Chris Ware says branding, even on a personal level is everything. It starts early, take my word for it. Very, very true. So I think that was aligned to when you talked about the six second elevator speech, Dan, and then, um, Onya says good morning folks Dan where did you learn all these always learn something from both of you Dan is a guru he's learned this for year year year
1: year year I you know, to tell you the truth, I don't know. I've helped people with a variety of communication strategies for a very, very, very long time. And helping not to look looking at people's plans and f- not for what's there so much, but for what's missing. And the thing is that how quickly do you I mean, if somebody's running a team, I mean you can get pre-canned uh Training programs, that's not what I do. And everything's customized for the people you're dealing with. So if somebody is going to be talking to somebody uh, on Friday, do they have a profile? Do they know who that person is? Do they know what they want to have happen? I'll give you a very quick story. Um, A guy called me up and he said to me, he said, "Uh, I'm a three handicap golfer. I want to play scratch. Can you help me? I said, sure. So I sent him all my golf material. He sent me a check. He said, can you meet me at my office? I said, sure. So when I got to his office, I had no idea who he was until I got there. Once I got there, I knew who the guy was. And as we're walking through the office, he's going, oh, my golf swing, my golf swing, my golf swing. When we sit down at his desk, he pushes all the golf stuff off. He said, this isn't about golf. He said, I'm in the middle of one of the biggest mergers and acquisitions going on in the country today. He said, and I've got four months to persuade three guys that I'm the guy to run it. So we profiled the three people, what their background was, what they needed to have, what they wanted to have happened. And at the end of the day, he got the position. So we went out to dinner. I said, do you know anybody else in the same situation that you're in? He says, oh, plenty. I said, well, he referred them to me. He says, no. He says, I can't tell anybody about you. So, you know, people have... People do stuff within their business that they won't. Your competition is doing stuff right now that they will never, ever tell you about.
0: You're the best kept secret. Nobody's talking. Nobody's telling anybody about you. <laughs> and, and there, you know, that coming back, coming back to sports,
1: uh, one of my top clients is a ultra marathon runner. She used to run a bad water through Death Valley, 135 miles in the summer. Uh, and she became an MMA cage fighter. On her last fight, uh, she and she's 56 years old. On the last fight, she won the fight in 49 seconds. So the ring announcer said, what do you attribute your success to? She said, well, I'm an ultra runner, so you'll never tire me out. You might beat me, but you'll never, ever tire me. Uh, and she thanked everybody, her trainer and all of these people. She said, Jody, you didn't thank me. She said, do you think I've given your name to people who are going to fight in three weeks or four weeks? She says, no way. So the point is is that uh, most of the people I have with, the discussions never happen. Uh, People need strategies to deal with things within their company. People who are alone, very much alone at the top and have nobody to bounce anything off of. uh, I'm available for that, almost like on a speed dating thing. You You can go on my Calendly and talk to me for 15 minutes, a half hour, whatever. And let me know, and I'll tell you. Tell me what's going on or what's not going on. I'll tell you if I can help. Him.
0: Yep, I will. So, a couple comments here. Um, Anita says, "Ha ha ha! That was a good one." When we talked about your guru, you've been around forever. And then she also follows up and says, "Dr. Dan, what is one thing I should do on a daily basis as a ritual to stop the negative self-talk habit?"
1: Listen very carefully to when it happens. Uh, is is there anything in common? Uh, where does it happen? Uh, and you know, it's like, if you don't like it, treat it like a mu- music coming on a radio that you hate. Just stop it. Push your tongue up to the roof of your mouth. You know, I, I tell her, told a story. I had a client of mine. I said, my mother wants to see you. And I said, okay. I, he said, uh, he said, I have no idea what's the matter. He says, she's 82. So I met her at the Yale club in the city. And I said to her, what do you want to have happen? She said, are you sure you're not going to tell my son about this? I said, no, I'm not going to tell him about it. So she said, I want to beat my friends in golf. She said, I keep beating myself up and talking about how bad I am. I can't do this. I can't do that. So I showed her this technique with the tongue on the roof of her mouth. And that summer, I get a call from her. on a beautiful afternoon. She said, dang. I spent the whole day with my tongue on the roof of my mouth. <laughs> but you know what? It doesn't make any difference why it works. It just worse. If you don't like what you hear, push your tongue up. There. You have to do it a couple of times a day or every hour or every 15 minutes because negative self-talk will contaminate you. What, what, my, athletes, what my athletes do is we create – I'll give you my, my example with my goaltenders. Uh, We create a Best Saves video. They, under hypnosis, imagine a save. They take the save, one of their best. They burn it into a a DVD in their brain. And they do another one and another one and another one. So whenever they hear this negative self-talk, they close their eyes. And they imagine or see or visualize, imagine watching themselves perform well on a TV screen. So they start to build up. Um, a library of uh, videos that work for them. Yeah, fantastic. And so who, so who, need, who needs this stuff? Anybody who wants to win. You guys are in one of the most competitive fields. I mean, forget rugby or football. You you are constantly. I mean, it never stops. It never ever stops. So how do you guys deal with that?
0: Right. Tyrone says, hi, Renee, Dan, and everyone else. Hello, Tyrone. Hi, Tyrone. So, Dan, anything you want to say before we wrap? We're at the 36-minute mark, so definitely want to wrap it up.
1: If you put in my Calendly link, I'll give that to you. I think you have it. It's on my signature. Somebody wants to call it, let them text me and say I have a question or email me a question. uh, And if it makes sense for us to work together, we can do that. If you have a team in your company, or if you have a particular challenge that you're dealing with, uh, and you wanna bring the psychology into it as opposed to just the technological stuff that you guys deal with, uh, call me. You know, it's, it's it's like I say about Renee. What somebody wants to build a cybersecurity team, not what is it cost to call Renee. What is it cost not to call Renee? Because there's an invisible dynamic that works on all of our behalf. And it's called short term discomfort versus long term regret. You may not want to deal with me now, but I'll tell you what you really, really don't want. You don't want to be in 2026 looking backwards, saying, Oh man, I wish I called that guy. <laughs>
0: That is the truth. So folks, Dan It has Dan's phone number on there. He is a text fanatic. It has all of his Calendly stuff on there. So you can go and 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 book a 15 minute speed dating consultation. And um go ahead, Dan. They make
1: that Dan at danshaferphd.com.
0: Okay. So you want you want them to email you directly? Yeah. Okay.
1: Did and I just put cybersecurity in the subject bar. So
0: Yep. Let me put it in here right now. .com and subject line. Subject will be cyber. Okay, there we go. Right. So I will put that up. So you can email Dan directly if you want you can text him there's a bunch of different ways to yeah. to connect with Dan so folks Dan thank you again can't thank you enough for being here with us yep. as we all navigate this wacky world of COVID-19 and being at home and grievances and i mean i mean grief not grievances challenges work life challenges work life balance i mean yep. everything this election, like the, the, the distractions are endless. <laughs> so, so having you here to help us get through all of this is fantastic. Uh, so joy says, joy's awesome. Cybersecurity isn't my jam, but this is applicable to many dis- disciplines. It's absolutely everyone, true.
1: Everyone.
0: It is. It really is. It, it really crosses everything. Um, and Dan has worked with, like he said, CEOs, executives, Fortune 500 um, C-suite people um, across the board, and then professional athletes. Like, and
1: and my my newest client is a sophomore in college who's a, a swimmer. Cool. So you know, it's uh, it's wild, and, and you know, pe- people want to win. Yeah. Some people don't care.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they do. Well, I mean, don't we all? Hopefully yeah.
1: we do. <laughs> Hopefully in, this, we want to win. <laughs> in this in this field you better want to win.
0: Yeah. That's for sure. Oh. That is for sure. Okay, Dan, so I'm going to take off um and I will we will see you again next week. Same Absolutely. place, same time. Right?
1: Bring your mistakes list with you. Bring
0: your mistakes list.
1: These are not mistakes you made, mistakes your clients made before they became your client and what it cost them in money, emotion, and reputation.
0: Totally. And we'll talk about
1: how to sell that.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, folks, it was wonderful seeing you all. Thanks for the great comments and engagement. Dan, thank you again for being here. And we will see you on another edition of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. I think our next official one is Thursday. I have a little private thing going on tomorrow. But Thursday, I think we'll be back then with CISO Thursdays. So, okay, bye, everybody. Bye.